Oh, so, so you're going to host this week, are you? It's quite cool, this. I like this. It's, it's a weird place to be. But yeah, I've been waiting for a year and a bit to host a podcast, and it's my turn, finally. So we're going to do this. Are you ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm definitely ready. Okay. Uh, so how does, he, how does he do it? It's like, uh, hello, welcome to another episode of the Football Manager. He calls, calls them friends. Podcast. Friends calls hello, everyone friends. friends. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hello, friends. Welcome to the podcast. I am your host. Um, um, hi. What do you think you're doing? No, nothing. What um, do you no, nothing. Nothing is correct. I've waited nothing a year. Is... I want to hope. <sighs> Callum's putting his tie on to host. Oh well, in which case, Callum can host the podcast. Brilliant. We'll uh, we'll let Callum have a crack, shall we? Soz Kev. <laughs> Hello there, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Football Manager Therapy. I am your host, Rich Owens, Daddy's Home. I was debating whether to call myself Daddy, and I just went for it, and this is the official intro, so it's staying in the podcast. I'm back. I had a lovely week away last week, but I'm happy to be back with, with my friends, the FM team. I'm here with the United City FM, Kev, and I'm here with Jebaru. Kev, how are you, buddy? I don't know if I'm going to speak until you apologise for calling yourself daddy. Thank you very much. Um, you know, it is what it is. I'm good. I'm I'm good. It's good to see it. We did miss you last week. It's very weird not having uh, you introduce a podcast. Uh, although I have waited a year and a bit. But, you know, it's fine. I'm fine. We're all fine. Yeah, I'm good. It's lovely to see you. How are you doing? Oh, I'm I'm good, mate. I'm good. I've I've been looking forward to this this week. I've genuinely been looking forward to it. Uh, I've got to say, last week, wonderful, wonderful record last week. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed watching and listening. I have to say, and we've talked about this. We, we, this came up over the network save on on Wednesday night this mm -hmm. week. My biggest fear is clicking on like the YouTube and and having a look at the comments and somebody be like, "Oh, this week's episode was brilliant." Without him, and uh, <laughs> fortunately, hasn't yet happened. But there is still time. There's, it'll there's still never time. happen. It will never happen unless Jeb does it. Unless Jeb does it. Jeb, is that the kind of thing that you can think of uh, of doing? And, and also, just, how I'm are just, you? Just send it over to YouTube. Just give me a second. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, speaking of your your intro, uh, I, to coin a Jose Mourinho phrase, if I speak, I'll be in trouble. So I'm not, not going to say anything yes. on that. Yeah, it's for the best. Yeah, nobody's ever going to call you daddy. Right. Anyway. <laughs> Maybe your children. Maybe your children. Maybe. Okay. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Well, that's about it. Uh, but yeah, I'm good. Uh, a little sniffly today, so but other than that, we're all good. Good. Well, it's nice to be back. I missed you both terribly. And uh, we, we've got some we've got some things to talk about today. Oh, that's, that's lucky, isn't it? <laughs> it helps. I find that it helps. I do find that it uh, that it helps. Uh, it is useful. It's a nice thing to have. Um, obviously, we, we've got no Callum this week, unfortunately. Sad, Sad times. times. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, he was in the background in the intro just doing up his tie, it's, which it, has it, taken him I did actually genuinely go on YouTube and it turned to YouTube. <laughs> 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 yeah. I'm just going to zoom in. just going to zoom in on Jeb's screen, just see uh, uh, what he's saying about me. Uh, from his alt account. Uh, no, it's honestly, uh, it's lovely to be back. We, we've got things to have a little chat about because of course we do, because of course we do. Um, and it's it's all my fault. I've got a bit giddy over the last 24 hours or so because it's FA Cup weekend. My goodness, I do enjoy the FA Cup. I, mm -hmm. do, I do enjoy it. 
doubly helpful because Sheffield Wednesday good at football again and, and beat Cardiff 4-0 yesterday. And uh, Cameron Dawson saved two penalties uh, in the space of five minutes, which was lovely. I enjoyed those. Uh, but I've got a bit giddy and I thought, cut runs. Cut mm-hmm. runs are things that we all experience on Football Manager and in a variety of saves in a variety of different ways. So I thought it'd be a nice idea if we kind of had a bit of a catch up about them. I suppose, fellas, because we don't talk about them. They don't come up too often. They don't really seem to be the main focus of a lot of the saves that we do, um, especially with, uh, like, for example, with with Kev this year, his, uh, his his rolling in the aisle save. You know, the long-term objective is, is to reach a European final. So when you get to that part of the, the game, that that's kind of becomes the main focus, I suppose. But until then... You're just building that reputation. Obviously, Jeb, you're going to be staying at Morecambe for as long as is humanly possible. I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. It's like just, just it changes with every club with my save. Um, I'm so well, said, tem- I'm so tempted to say I was on your stream last night watching you, and that was apparent, but I won't. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you, thank you for not bringing that up, Kevin. It's very, very kind of you. Uh, but no, it's everybody handles them differently. So I suppose I thought we'd, we'd put our heads together. And, and just kind of have a bit of a chat about it, I suppose. I mean, Jeb, if, if we come to you first, I mean, of the of the three of us that are here today, obviously Callum is doing his Bill Slough save and, you know, his, he's also doing a one club challenge. When you, I mean, I know you are a man with a giant checklist when it comes to your save anyway. I mean, what's what when you look at things like cup runs, when you look at the, the FA Cup, when you look at things, eventually inevitably things like the League Cup or the Papa John's, are you looking at those as priorities in your save or are they just things that are happening around you? We'll never know. They are in the checklist. Uh, sorry about that. I'm about to mute. I'm about to blow my nose in between. So I'm to, I'm to unmute after blow my nose. Either that or I can blow it on. You can have some audio. Uh, I'm, sure it'll, I'm sure it will no. float somebody's boat weirdly yeah. out there somewhere. <laughs> Maybe. We've had yeah. jingly bells. Now if we have snotty nose, it's yeah, all. Exactly. What yeah. Have all the combos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I kind of treat I don't really... I'll, I'll do a bit of rotation for the Papa John. Hmm. Kind of a given, because particularly down in the lower leagues, you've got four to six games playing the season, then all your cups as well. Well, the other cups we just go for. I mean, we've we've gone out the cup to Manchester United, Tottenham, and Chelsea. I can't remember who the other one was. It was probably somebody really insignificant compared, but that, that's who we've hit in the cup. So we've kind of justified why we're going out. We've had a couple of big paydays off the back of it. I've had previous cup runs in previous saves as well that have gone really really well uh mm-hmm. unexpectedly i think the biggest one was probably the stoke one that i did a couple of years ago where i had yeah pedro and rian brewster up front for stoke in the championship and we got to the league cup final and we played arsenal so we've gone through we'd had a reasonably easy draw uh, i think we'd won the semi-final in the second leg in the last minute which was obviously nice to do i think that was actually against tottenham they played Arsenal in the final. Arsenal were top of the league. We're playing them in the Carabao Cup final. And in 20 minutes, Stoke were 4-0 up. I still don't know. How, I still remember that because I think it was streaming at the time. and That like one of the first ever big raids. And I sat there. I was like, oh, you're coming in perfect time. I don't know what's going on. I've just gone 4-0 up in the Cup final against Arsenal. And I was like, standard, you're waiting for the momentum to kick in. You're waiting for... Uh, the scripting to kick in to coin a, a FIFA phrase when you're four nil up or things like that. You never, you never just stay four nil up, uh, but we did. We won it, <laughs> so that was quite nice. 
from the championship. We didn't even get we didn't even get promoted that year. We just won it from the championship <laughs> and played in the Europa League from there. Or was it the Europa League? Yeah, it was the Europa League at that time. So that was quite a big one. There was obviously last year we won the Conference League with Pescara, but cup runs, I do enjoy them. It's just I'm definitely not very good at them in the network save. I mean <laughs> I did all right in the Champions League, but then we got Barcelona this week. But more on that Dang. next time we talk about the network save. But yeah. Mm. No, you did, I think you did brilliantly. Um, yeah. I'd say without, without without trying to give too much away and delve too deep in. I mean, as as you say, so in we're we're currently in season four of our network save. Obviously, Jeb and Kev both got European football, and I didn't because it's gauche. And I just I wanted nothing <laughs> to do with it personally. I think it's done. It's old hat European. No, no, just 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 traditional league football for me. That's all I'm interested in. I mean. Given, I think, without going too deep into things, I suppose, given that your league form kind of going into the, kind of the last knockout stages, so the last, game, the last games of the groups, and then into the knockout stages, your league form is kind of on the up. When you look at how you were setting up for those Champions League games, is there something in the back of your head that's like, well, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to risk too many injuries because league form is good, or because you're in the Champions League and you're in the knockouts, do you just want to kind of go in all guns blazing and that becomes the short-term priority? Champions League was a priority this time. Mm-hmm. Had to do it. I wanted to go further and further, and it the the league form wasn't great anyway, so pushing the Champions League was more important. Mm-hmm. Didn't really go to plan in the second leg, but yeah, uh, first leg was fine. Absolutely fine. Uh, it's because we had two quite difficult games against Juventus and Atletico Madrid mm-hmm. to get out of the groups, and we won them both, which, which was unexpected. So yeah, uh, I, w- I want to, like, it, with the Morecambe thing, like the Papa John's is, is something that you, on obviously on the checklist and stuff like that, but I think I need that to happen naturally rather than happening me trying to force through and taking focus off leagues and stuff like that. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess if the league campaign isn't going well, but the, I think the thing with the lower leagues, particularly uh, English lower leagues, is because you've got forty-six games, mm. you can change the entire league table in five games. If you win five in a row, you shoot up the table and you win the playoffs. Or if you lose five games, you end up a little bit further down. You lose 16 games, so you're quite far down. Uh, never forget. <laughs> yeah, <don't> do <laughs> but that would never happen. That would no, never no, happen. Exactly. But no. actually, actually, to be fair, losing those 16 games, I think I only went down like five places in the table, which is just bizarre. But there we are. <laughs> so... <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's difficult. It's like I, I find prioritizing the the cup competitions i think that's the most difficult thing for me is because i never know when to pull the trigger with it um and also i think it i i for example i had it um second season of my um what's the story save so managing san etienne and we were absolutely flying in the league doing absolutely brilliantly went on a bit of a tear and then we drew a league side in the I think it was like the, the I think we got to the quarterfinals of the of the French Cup because we managed to pull every single every single team we played were at least one division lower than us the whole way through. And we got to like the I think the quarterfinals and then we drew our first league our team and we were getting towards the tail end of the season and it was you know big promotion push time because there were teams around us that were kind of in in and around the automatic promotion places with us. 
And on the one hand, I was like, well, I want to try and keep the form going because if we beat a league on team, then first of all, it gives us a bit of a snapshot of what it's going to be like if we get promoted at the end of this season. But also, if we beat a team that are division higher than us, morale is going to go through the roof and that's going to carry us through the, the remainder of the league campaign. And not only did we lose to the team in Liga, we we played atrociously. Like one of those matches where you just don't have any attacking highlights. It's all it's all the opposition. You concede a couple of rubbish goals, and then morale falls through the floor. And that's exactly what happened. And instead of a sprint over the line, it turned into a bit of a limp. And that one game affected the rest of the season, from my point of view, because morale dropped. Everyone was unhappy. You give a bit of a a bit of an angry team talk and people don't react well to that as well. You know, I had somebody at Kashima that I gave an angry team talk after a cup game that we threw away, you know, we nearly threw away a five goal lead in and he was angry for six months. My, he held on to that anger. He was furious. I find it really hard to know when to really go for it and when to say, you know what, maybe we'll rotate. We'll chuck the reserves out. Because I think we all have that tendency, don't we? When you start doing well in a cup competition, once you reach a certain round of competition, everybody that plays football manager in the back of their heads surely goes, I reckon I could win this. I reckon at this point I could win this. I have played for amateur French teams who all work in a boulangerie or a bibliotheque part-time. Look at me, GCSE French, coming in clutch. Nice. I reckon I could win the whole thing. And then you absolutely don't, and it, it kind of ruins everything else. Kev, your approach to things, are you, uh, you know, you're you're a forward-thinking man. You are a meticulous football <laughs> manager player. Thank you for that. <laughs> you're very welcome. And I mean it as well. Um, are these the kind of planning processes you go through in these circumstances? What, what I am, actually, is a bear of little brain that can't cope with the process of figuring these things out, if I'm totally honest. I find this really tricky. I do. I mean, you know, there, there seems to be a really small gap uh, in your managerial run with a particular club where actually the cup competition becomes a really important but actually... Um, potential thing to go for so if we look at my current club i'm currently at colwyn bay in wales but uh for this uh, previous season just gone i've been in the second tier of welsh football and at that point the only thing that matters is getting promotion because you have to get back to the big league if you're someone like colwyn bay and we're in like three cup competitions because there's like there's two lower level Welsh Cup competitions. Then you've got the main sort of Welsh FA Cup one as well. And I don't really care about any of them at that point, really. I mean, the FA Cup run would be amazing. But what's the thing that you're trying to achieve? Ultimately, you're trying to treat, achieve getting a big game against someone like the, the New Saints or something. But you'll get beaten and then... Is it worth it? I'm not sure it's worth it, particularly. In the in the lower level cup competitions, yes, it's nice to win something. But if it's against teams that, that sort of in and around your level, does it really matter that much when what you really need to do is win the league so you can get up? The one promotion spot that is in that second tier is important to get. So I, I often, I kind of, for want of a better term, I bin them off. And I put my second string 11 in and hope that they can get through a few rounds. Now, granted, in at least one of the three cup competitions in this last season with Coleman Bay, we did all right. I think we got to like the quarterfinals in one, playing my second string 11 all the way through. But it was really important for my title push 
to keep my first team fit as much as is possible. But then you look on the other side of the spectrum. So we're not in a second tier. We're in the top tier of a you know, a top uh, European nation. So we'll talk about England just for the sake of what we know the most about. So if you're one of the big six in England and you know that you're one of the big six and six into four Champions League spots don't always go. I mean, we've seen in the network save occasionally you do get six spots in the Champions League, which I'm still pained about, but okay, fair enough. Um, but it doesn't usually go. So your priority is having to try and get into one of those European spots if you can. So almost that diminishes the cup uh, run. You then also have a Premier League season, which is incredibly physically demanding for your players because of the type of the nature of the play. So you have to rest them at times along the way as well. So that diminishes the cup run. So even as a top six, you're not really that focused all the time. You're hoping that your second string or a half second string, half first team uh, can get through a few rounds and get you to the quarterfinals. And then maybe you take it seriously try and win it because you're that deep in so which are the clubs that do actually make you go cup run that's what i'm going to try and focus on is it the likes of a mid-table premier league side you know let's pick one out and i know they're doing much better than mid-table at the moment irl but let's pick someone like villa mm -hmm. if i was the villa manager going into uh, my first season in fm24 is a cup run a viable option i think it probably is at that point because the expectation is that you're going to try and do as well as you can in the league. But if you don't get into a European spot in the first season with Villa in FM24, it's not the end of the world because you're still building the, the, the current reputation of where they are. So maybe that's where the cup run sits. But even so, you've got a very, very high octane Premier League campaign to cope with and you need to rest your players. I'm not sure where it fits in my priorities, really, whether I've ever really focused on I have to win the Cups unless I'm in a save that demands you to actually win a Cup for a particular reason, then it becomes mm -hmm. that. And as you say, for my rolling in the aisles later on, we are going to have to go on a Cup run <laughs> through the Champions League to actually end the whole series. So, yeah, it's a strange one. It melts my brain a little bit. But at the moment, it's never really quite my priority. We kind of almost end up by happenstance being in a quarterfinal and going, now I'll focus on it. And that's about <laughs> as much as it gets, I think. Which I think is fair enough. Um, I think you've hit a really interesting point there because I think there are clubs out there. And I think if you look at then the Premier League is a great example because it's just accessible, I suppose, isn't it? Like it's outside of your top six. I don't think there's a single team in the league that wouldn't consider a cup competition win as a huge achievement mm -hmm. you know um like an fa cup a league cup like something like that is going to be because a especially if you're managing in the, in the in the top flight of england it's european football the following season mm -hmm. which is massive and again if you are if you're a mid-table premier league club if you're like the villa great example obviously as you say in real life doing bits this season but on fm the likes of your liverpools and your man cities are always going to be a level above at least for the first, you know, five to ten years of a save. Mm -hmm. I bet until Haaland retires, basically. That's what you're <laughs> waiting for. Until Haaland disappears <laughs> and then they sign, you know, like a, a, a you know, South American new gen who's just as good. Um, but they might not. So you might have a chance. Um, like, the FA Cup is like the Holy Grail 
surely. And mm-hmm. if you win the FA Cup or you win the League Cup, a club like the Villa, you get then you get into the Europa or like the, the, the Europa Conference. Like you're the odds-on favourite straight away to win a European competition, and then that just improves things again and again and again. So. If you're managing like the, the a club the size of like the Villa or maybe like a Brighton or somebody of that kind of stature, mm-hmm. that's what I think I'm leaning into. I mean, we had you know the I spent two and a half seasons at Leicester in the network save, and I think the closest I got to anything was a, an FA Cup final against Southampton. Again, I fluked it; was not expecting to get there by any stretch of the imagination. I think the only difficult game I had in the run, I think I had Liverpool in the semi-finals. And we got through that and then lost to Southampton in the final, which was you know, obviously was going to happen, mm-hmm. made the most sense. I don't remember ever looking at that and thinking, this is the priority this season, because at the same time, I was, I think I was chasing for a top four finish. And I think that was still the priority. And because I wasn't expecting to do well in the competition, like you, you kind of, you know, send out the team accordingly. And then I think because league form was good, we carried that over into the cup competition and, and got a bit lucky mm-hmm. with it. But I don't ever, th- I don't remember sitting back and thinking, FA Cup is the one. FA Cup is the thing that I desperately need to win this season. And you say it's it's more it's more of a, a lucky happenstance than anything else when it goes mm. well for you. You know, it's like I, I I look at a lot of the the way that kind of the, the bigger club set up in competitions like the League Cup like I remember Manchester United did it for years played the reserves like they, they used the Kev strategy reserves go out all the way through the competition you get to the semi-final and then suddenly it's the first team like it's suddenly it's the full first 11 that, that go out because suddenly there's a chance of lifting a trophy and then you just feel really really bad for you know the the, the fourth and fifth choice centre backs that have got them through to this stage yep. and it's like oh no it's okay it's the final we're playing Ben Foster because that makes makes it okay it's it's difficult i mean I, i'm 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 of the opinion i think give those reserves in those circumstances especially when you're a bigger club mm-hmm. give the reserves the full run at it give the second string 11 the opportunity to to win a trophy and then take it from there i suppose they deserve the glory they absolutely deserve the glory when you see the uh, these people are going to get a medal list i want to see people at like the marcus rashford's they've played one game they might get one they're not particularly fussed. But Garnacho, he played every single game. Every single game in this competition. He's going to get one. It's, there's, it's, sorry, there's that, there's that really amazing um, thing that happened, of course, in real terms last season in uh, mm. the cup competition in England, where it was Man United and Newcastle that contested the final for a cup. Um, and Man United beat Newcastle, but the Newcastle reserve goalkeeper got a winner's medal because he was previously on loan at Man United for the first half of the season, which was fantastic. I love the fact that you get those sort of weird things that happen in these cup competitions um, along the way. But yeah, that was a bizarre one. Just an aside, carry on, sorry. There's also, <laughs> he did, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was Dubravka, wasn't it? The, yeah. Uh, but then that kind of comes around to cup specialists as well, and it happens obviously a little bit more the bigger teams like Kelleher plays all the cup games for Liverpool. <clears throat> I think he was dropped for like the final in one of them, and most of he's even played the final as well and done done well there. And it's like you have those players that just play in the cup competitions, and you have that role and stuff like that. I've had that on one save where I've had mm. a cup specialist, but not through, not through, uh, let's say not through choice. It was basically assigned somebody, and I couldn't register him for the league, so he could only <laughs> play in the cup. <laughs> it was it was for Northampton. That player was. Uh, 
Your friend of mine, Luis Suarez, <laughs> at 37 years old. And I think the best part was he scored the winner in the final. So it kind of justified like every game that he came in, he was just like he was fresh as anything. He's like, I've not played for like four weeks. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go again. I've been training for this for four weeks, like nonstop. And I think like the obviously that's that's going to be an extreme, and I don't think it's going to happen too much. But sometimes there's a lot of stuff like the cup specialists, and like you bring in your youngsters, you bring in your kids. I think there is something to say, like maybe bringing in just somebody like an older older head that you bring in each cup cup game or something. Like that. I'm not sure. Yeah, there's there's something to be said there in the balance of what your squad is, isn't it? In that sense, because I mean, uh, a lot of people I would suggest play football manager to bring a first team together that's fantastic, first eleven, let's say that's you know top quality as much as they can, and then it's a mixture of youth and just people that you find at your club and the occasional veteran you bring in and stuff but those veterans can be really useful to that second string if you're going to play that second 11 as an 11 in its in its complete form in cup competitions etc one of the things i love if you can get it right over the course of like a three four season run at the same club that eventually they've played so much as a second string in those cup competitions and occasionally resting them in really low-level Premier League matches or whatever, you know, when there's a, a lower team to play, that they start to develop their their lines of connection to each other as a second string 11. And that brings another element of, you know, I've got two 11s, but they're used to playing with each other and they're used to how that works. And I think that can be an advantage as well if you are in the situation where you are a one club save and you can develop that. Obviously, if you are in a journeyman like I am currently moving around every few seasons, that's harder to do. But it's certainly a way to go is to try and develop a second 11 that play together and develop those connections. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's one of the things that I've, I've missed. It's an aspect of Football Manager that I've not really got to explore that much over the last couple of years because... The nature of my saves has been, I don't think I've stayed at a club in one of my saves for more than two or three seasons recently. So you don't, you don't get, the, apart from your first team 11, you don't get the opportunity to develop the, the team cohesion with kind of the, the second string players. But if you're doing a one club save, it's invaluable. Like you, you have to have that there because there's no point in having, you know, if you're playing at a back four, for example, if you've got a third and fourth choice centre-back and you're, you're starting centre-backs are, are fit and healthy throughout the season, so there's no re there's no need, there's no necessity to start the third or fourth choice players, then they're never going to improve. And as I say, the team cohesion is never going to get any better as well. So it, it can be a really, really valuable commodity. I think especially if once you're a certain distance into a save, if you have the opportunity to say, right, in these competitions, these two centre-backs are starting, this left-back is starting... Because you, you obviously you can do it with the you can do it with goalkeepers. You can bring in goalkeepers specifically as a cup goalkeeper, but you can't bring somebody in as a cup left fullback. It just doesn't really happen. Which which would be useful. It'd be a really useful thing to do. You can do it in press conference, or you can do it in kind of you know um, player interactions. But it always, it's always as like a an apology when a player comes to you, it's like sorry, boss, I'm just not getting enough minutes. So it's like, well, I'll start you in cup competitions and the outfield players and ever like, oh, gee whiz, thanks, boss. I really appreciate that. That's really good of you. Like, cup competitions. <laughs> Me? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I shall be leaving. Good day to you, sir. Like they never see it as a bonus. They just see it as a slap in the face. And I think if there was a way that you could kind of, you know, 
if there was a way that you could make those cup competitions seem more aspirational for them, I think that would go, that would go, it would make it the team rotation. It would make that kind of aspect of things a lot more straightforward. Mm -hmm. But like I say, it's, it's a difficult thing to balance at the best of times, but especially if you're doing that one club save, I think it's something really important that everybody should try and do a little bit more of, you know, give you, give you a second choice right back a little run, especially in the earlier rounds, give them a get, let them, let them go at it, build that team cohesion, build morale across the squad. Then everybody's happy and everyone's having a good time. Um, Mm -hmm. I suppose when you start to say, when you start doing well in these competitions, when you start, when you get to the quarters, the semis, even, even the finals, Jeb, is there anything that you do differently in terms of the build-up towards those games? Do you take different training approaches, anything like that? Or do you just kind of, you know, let fate decide? If I remember, train penalties. (laughs) If I remember. (laughs) Obviously, that's now an option in your pre-match talk that you have. So you have the Mm -hmm. attacking corners, defending corners, penalties as an option in there. If you remember to put it on there as well, because uh, our... Our good friend Nick Madden pointed out, pay attention to that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I think I'm doing it. I don't know. Like, but yeah. <laughs> uh I think I think not massively. I think you just you you always get off option to do that team meeting as well, which is always nervous to do because goes one or two. I believe we can do this. I say, oh, shut up, boss. Like this is just sauce. Sauce for trying to motivate you. Never mind, I won't bother next time. Oh, yeah, it's it's one of those. Uh, I think finals, like I said, I think if you just stick to what stick to what you know, it's important. I, I think radical changes are a bit too far. I think that's, that's always been the way. It is the last two iterations of FM have been about tweaking more than making radical changes. So not really, I'd say. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's I think that's fair. Um, Kev, similar kind of approach from you. Uh, I've got the best possible podcast answer for you, Rich. Uh, nope. No. <laughs> I, will, I, will, I will go further than that. But I, could, I could have just gone, nope. Uh, so here, here's my thought, right? Uh, yesterday, I was in Callum's stream for a little while, and Callum was in some playoffy action. Uh, and mm-hmm. Callum, between matches at one point, said to his chat, I probably should put a penalty session into my weekly training in the lead up to the next match, shouldn't I? And everyone went, yeah, good idea, the blood well. And I sat there as a player of 30-odd years or whatever it is of championship manager, football manager, and went, don't think I've ever done that. Why have I never <laughs> done that? Why have I never thought about it? Now, recently, as you say, pre-match, you get uh, an opportunity to work on a couple of specific things. And if penalties in there, is in there as part of them, maybe that's something you could do. I don't know. I don't think I've ever done that. And it's kind of, why have I never done that? I just don't naturally think of it. I just set my team up. I set the training program sort of on a monthly rotation on four-week plans um, and, you know, set that going. I have a group of players that you kind of assume they'll show up ready for a cup match, knowing that there's a penalty shootout possibly and other things. They'll be fine. It'll be... Why have I never done it? But no, I don't think I've ever really changed anything particularly in preparation for a particular cup match, if I'm totally honest surprisingly i'm now questioning that <laughs> that's what that's what we're here to do small existential crisis midway through the pod record um i th- i think you've hit the nail on the training penalties 
is the one. Um, I think for for a little while there was a little bit of back and forth with Matt and Tony back in the day about that kind of thing when it came to the approach for cup competitions and cup finals. I think our friend Tony Jameson was very strictly in the year. No, not going to because I don't want to camp, which is fair enough. But it also seems like it's the kind of thing that you would do leading into a cup final. Um, Cal, I mean, Callum Stream yesterday is a really, really good example of, I think, a lot of the things that we're talking about here is, you know, he stuck the penalty training session in, which makes a lot of sense. Um, he actively ducked the team meeting, which I thought was quite interesting because for me, and I don't know if this is just luck, it probably is, but I've not been in a set of circumstances where I had it with, I've done it with Kashima Antlers, I've done it with San Etienne getting out of Ligue 2. When it's come to the kind of those, those team meetings in the run-in, and especially with Kashima Antlers, because it was so close the whole way through, I didn't have a single one where I'd hold a team meeting before a game. So, right, if we win this, we've got one hand on the cup. If we win this, we're, we're nearly, nearly there. I didn't have a single one where I was like, right, come on, lads, let's, Let's give it hundred. Let's give it hundred percent today. We're like, how dare you? We're gonna go out there and we're gonna lose. Up yours, gaffer. Like it never happened. I got very and everyone was like, yeah, come on, let's go out there and win a game of football. Yeah, because um, that's what they all sounded like in my head. Obviously, it's never it's never happened. So to me, that's the kind of thing that I would prioritize mm -hmm. i would hold that team meeting i say right come on then lads we've got to this point because this is the thing if you've got a team if you are fighting for a title or if you are into a cup final it's hard to say that you've got there completely by accident there must be a reason that you're there you've got to the final for a reason you've you've beaten x amount of other teams you've played consistently well enough if you're going to go into a cup final and your intention is not to win, surely you're doing a cup final wrong. So you've got to say, come on then, lads, let's give it a call. Let's go out there and let's win a game of football. And everyone's going to go, yeah, we're going to win a game of football. Like if you're like, oh, well, you know, the expectation is for us to lose. So let's just go out there and enjoy the day. No, no, I disagree. I disagree with that enormously. So surely you go out and you give it, you give it your best, give it your all. In terms of how you set up the team, I mean, again, like the, Unless you are somebody, you know, as, as Nick Madden said, it's not about drastic changes. And that's one of the things that's really stuck with me. Since since we spoke to Nick, the way that I play the game has dramatically changed because I'm like, you know, previously, like, right. So that left fullback's going dropping down to left back, and we're going to move a midfielder up, going to move a centre back around, we're going to do all these things. And you're going to, oh, because that makes so many changes and that's so many, you know, so many processes are being done by the match engine. It's not going to get you the result that you want. So it's about tweaking. It's about subtle changes. And it's about trying to change the game in that way. I'm very into that now. And I'm very conscious of that when I'm playing the game. So when it comes to like setting up for a, a cup final, setting up for a game later in a cup run, I'm like, right, we're going to keep things pretty much the way that we normally do. It doesn't matter if you are the favourite. doesn't matter if you are underdog. Like, right, we just want to set up, play our game, because our playing our game is what's got us to this stage of the cup competition. And we'll take it from there. So with the exception of, you know, doing things like training penalties and doing your team talks, because of Nick Madden, I'm not much of a tweaker now. So he's got he's got that out of my system, which is, I'm, again, I'm super conscious of it. There, are, there aren't many things that are constantly like there, like a big red flag in the back of my head, like, nope, don't do that. It's going to ruin everything. Don't do that. It's going to ruin everything. But that is definitely one of them.
Um, I mean, the, the, the only other question I suppose we can really ask in these circumstances, I mean, Jeb, you've you, you touched on Luis, Luis Suarez scoring you a winner at Northampton. In terms of your cup final performances recently, if and when you've got to them, I mean, what's what's the success rate, I suppose? Jeb, have you been been lucky in your cups recently or has it just uh, not worked? Uh, I think I've only got to one cup final in the last two iterations of FM and that was the Conference League final. So, yeah, I won that. Oh, wait, I won the Sarah Che Cup, which is just a bizarre cup, but yes, that exists. <laughs> it's like, oh, well done. You're all, you're all in the... <laughs> I, I, th- I think I think yeah. you're forgetting the biggest. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, the Y Callum had a baby. Yeah, cup. yeah, yeah. You, you know, did. Yeah, you did. You did win the Y Callum had a baby cup in the yeah. network save. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. The only silverware won in the uh, network save. So, <laughs> so far, there's time. Spoilers. You'll be changing by next time. It's fine. <laughs> You had to get it in there, didn't you? Had to, had to sneak in up oh, top of the league. Oh, I'm yeah. doing really well. On a yeah, dodgy technicality. <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> yeah, wow. Some some say you lost that game. Right, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Drew, thank you. Very much. Um, this this is it. Kev, your, your, your cup successes, have they been many? Thank you for thinking I've had successes. I appreciate it. <laughs> I mean, thank you for thinking I've had cup runs in the first place. It's lovely as well. Uh, are they many? No, not really. I think that my my earlier conversation about how I set them up and what the priorities are and all that stuff leads you to believe that they haven't really been a priority as much as maybe at some other points. Um, there were one or two in FM23 that we won along the way through Europe, but not many because it was never my priority because the league process was my priority to move on. Uh, similarly, at the moment, at the level of com- uh, of club that we're at in my rolling in the IOL series so far, it's about progressing the leagues a little bit. Now, uh, at some point, I will become you know, a championship side in England or a lower level Premier League side or something in England. And that will maybe then change. How can I continue to grow my reputation to get a higher job, etc. in my journeyman save? One of them win a cup will do that, definitely. So there, there might be a shift in there. Uh, but at this point, I wouldn't say I've been overly successful across the board in FM in the most recent iterations, <laughs> let alone just in the cup competition. So no, not particularly. But um As we're winding this uh, conversation down at the point where you're ready to move on, I do have one more slightly random question to ask you about cup competitions. Um, Mm -hmm. But continue for now. It's all good. No, no, you've got me. I'm hooked. I'm in. (laughs) Okay. So my my question is, and this is a question for you two, because I think you can give uh, uh, different perspectives from where you are in uh, football terms yourselves. But also it's a really interesting question, I think, for our viewers. And I want them to get involved and give us an answer across whether they're in England or whether they're abroad or whether they're of a particular uh, age demographic, these answers will be different and I'm interested. Do we actually care about cups IRL? 
do we actually care about the FA Cup? Do we actually care about the uh, the League Cup in England? Uh, how much do we care about what they do in European Cup competitions, and etc. these days? Now, I think this is going to be vastly different across the board in terms of what uh, age demographic and what countries people are from and all sorts of things. So from my perspective, the reason that I'm asking the question, mm -hmm. I am of a certain age. I'm older than you guys. I'm older than probably a lot of our listeners. There are going to be some that are around my age. When I was a kid in England watching the FA Cup final, the, the game kicked off at 3 p.m. on a Saturday afternoon or whatever it was. And the coverage for it started at 9 a.m. And it went right the way through the day. And it was a massive deal. And they watched the players having breakfast and they watched the players go to the toilet and they watched the players get on a coach and they watched the players get off a coach and they watched the players walk around a pitch. And then there were celebrity fans. that they And it went on for hours and i loved every second of it i was there at 9 a.m going fa cup final day does it matter that my team's not in it no it's fa cup final day and i'm going to spend the entire day watching it and now you get a couple of hours coverage in and around the game and all that kind of stuff but i think it's changed i think the introduction of the premier league and the fact that it's so vital for all of these big teams to get into a European spot, etc., diminishes the worth of the domestic cup competitions in England specifically. And this is why I want opinion from people around the world. How do your nations see your own cup competitions? Are they vitally important? Do you still get the wall-to-wall -wall coverage? Age demographic too. Are the 15-year-olds out there that are listening to this podcast, do you care about winning the FA Cup? Or is it just about the Premier League? I want to know because I think it's different. So we have a Liverpool fan in Jeb and a Sheffield Wednesday fan in Rich. This is FA Cup weekend. And I can honestly say, whereas growing up, it was a fantastic thing. The third round of the FA Cup is where all the big teams enter in the first weekend of January. I have no idea whether there were any surprises yesterday. I didn't watch match of the day at the end of it going, oh, there's going to be a big surprise. And it's going to be, I have no idea. I'm not as connected to it as I once was. Are you? That's my question. Very long-winded question. Apologies for that. But there's my question. I liked it, though. I liked it a lot. Um, and It's good. It's, it's, it's a good question. It, it really is. I mean, from my point of view, I support a club who have absolutely no chance of winning any form of cup competition. Like I'm, it's just it, it would never happen. It's just not going to happen. Um, we've had a wonderful turnaround of form in the league, and that's very exciting. But I'll be brutally honest with you. Uh, my, so my brother is a Cardiff City fan. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday played Cardiff City yesterday in the FA Cup. I so disconnected from the cup competitions. Not only did I not realise that Sheffield Wednesday were playing Cardiff in the FA Cup yesterday, I didn't know that Sheffield Wednesday were playing in the FA Cup yesterday. I thought we got knocked out in the previous round. So I was, oh, well, this is happening. It's great. What, what a treat. And we'll see how it goes. And I mean, you know, we briefly touched on it earlier. You know, Sheffield Wednesday beat Cardiff 4-0 yesterday. We saved two penalties in five minutes. When the half day, the, the, the Sheffield Wednesday Twitter account, they're like, oh, what a first half. We're 3-0 up and we've saved two penalties. If that was any other club, you'd be like, oh, my God, this is the best thing that's ever happened. It's not the Sheffield Wednesday fan. These things just happen every couple of weeks for us now. And then we'll lose our next game 7-0 because that's just the way the universe works. 
I think I'm more invested in the earlier stages of the competition. Like, um, you know, because of Callum, because of the link with clubs like Slough, I'm more invested in the smaller teams having the cup runs and, you know, get, getting the non-league clubs or, or the, the, the teams that are way lower down in the pyramid. Like, right, we've made it into the first round of the FA Cup proper. I'm like, oh, that's brilliant. Like, that's what a treat for them. What a treat for the fans. Great for the club. That's wonderful. Once it gets gets past, like, the, you know, the fifth round and it's just, you know, Premier League teams left in, maybe a couple of bigger championship sides. At that point, I'm a little bit more ambivalent towards it now. You know, I'm, there's not that there's not that much of a difference in our age, Kev. I remember F, I remember FA Cup, Cup final day being a huge deal, being absolutely massive, and it doesn't hold the same weight anymore. Which is weird because I've you know don't get me wrong, I've I've, I've never supported a club that were going to be or in my lifetime especially, we're going to be a threat in cup competitions. You know, we had a Sheffield Wednesday had a really, really, you know, some good runs in the early 90s, won a League Cup. There was a season where we made it to both cup finals and lost to Arsenal, I believe, in both. Great, but that was a very, very, very long time ago. But I was still invested in FA Cup final day because it felt big, whereas now it doesn't. And I, I don't think, you know, it, it'd be, I'd love to take somebody who's a, a younger football fan, be like, right, this is what it was like 20 years ago. This is what it was like 25 years ago, because it'll feel like a completely different experience. So I'm a lot more, I love the earlier rounds, very invested in the earlier rounds. Fifth round onwards, when it's just the bigger teams in the competition, I'm just like, it is what it is, I suppose. That's 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 me. I mean, Jeb, you support a team that can feasibly win the competition on a semi-regular basis. So does that motivate you more to kind of, you know, stay engaged with the competition? A little bit. The Carabao Cup is Carabao Cup has become the pillar of the semi-finals and stuff like that. We'll probably play rotated squad and few youngsters and stuff like that again in the, the semi semi-finals. I think that it's kind of been lost. And I think it's been lost a little bit more this year as well because the winter breaks back and all the Premier League teams are either playing each other or they're playing the lower league. There's no big upsets because everyone's got this break coming up, so they're all not going right. We're going to change our entire 11. And let's say Sheffield United would have lost yesterday, but they won 4-0. Uh, I think the only upset yesterday was Stevenage getting beat, and I think that was it. So it's mm-hmm. there's not loads happening, and everyone's willing to go for it, which is refreshing, I guess, because people are now playing the full strength elevens. But that used to be what it was. It was like people would play uh, rotated eleven, so you'd have like three or four first team players, and then youth players or second string players in there, and they'd fall over that way. Yeah. We'll see what happens with the Liverpool Arsenal game. I think there might be a bit of rotation in both both squads, but it. As it gets close to the final, it's nice. And I think the thing, and this is probably, sadly, it was a byproduct of Heysel and the European band that was in the late 80s, early 90s. That was the end of the season, the FA Cup final. That was it. That mm-hmm. was the thing. Okay, the European Cup final happened, but that wasn't happening in England and Scotland and everywhere. That was just something that was happening in uh, in for, for the European team. So that was the thing of the final. And that kind of... Uh, gravitated it further again and then it, it kind of fell off again once the champions like the Premier League and the Champions League at the same time pretty much came in and they became more important the FA Cup final still has like its moment I mean there's still silly things out there but like it's even just like watching there was a TIFO video yesterday about your, your friend of mine Jesse Lingard he scored a winner in the FA Cup final a couple of seasons ago 
I mean, it's players like that. Like some people never forget those moments. I mean, I think Kelleher had a good League Cup game, a League Cup final a few years ago. It's I don't know. It's it's difficult. I mean, arguably the reason Liverpool probably didn't win the Premier League and the Champions League a couple of seasons ago is because they were too tired from doing the other two cup runs that they were doing. And then I think they're in the exact same position right now. Obviously, it might all change today. But yeah, if if they could get rid of more games, that, that's probably the place where you sacrifice it. And I think that that's what it comes down to ultimately. Teams want to finish higher in the Premier League. They want to finish higher in, or they want to stay in the Premier League rather than have a cup run. Wigan obviously is an extreme example to that, but they they won the FA Cup and then got relegated the next week. So, mm-hmm. and I think that that's the other thing. It needs to be the final game of the season. I think that yeah. That, I don't know how that's changed over the years, but yeah, that's what that's what it needs to be. I think. It's almost because, oh, we've got a concert coming on at Wembley in June, so we need to get the pitch ready. It's like, no, that's not the priority. Wembley is football. That's, that's how that should work. So it's the last game of the season, last game of the domestic season should always be the FA Cup final. Well, okay, playoff finals maybe, but yes, mm. domestic season should be that. It's definitely changed though, hasn't yeah. it? It really yeah. has. Mm. And I'm really intrigued as to whether that's the case across the world in other countries and, and whether what they're... Uh, how how high esteem they hold their own domestic cup competitions and therefore individually across the generations specifically how does that impact how we manage on football manager you know what our priorities mm. are and what we see as the important things etc it's just interesting so yeah if anybody wants to put an opinion in the comments or send us a tweet or put us in the discord or whatever please get involved and let us know what you think the easiest way to gravitate it is give a champions league place Sure. FA Cup mm-hmm. mm-hmm. especially if the coefficient things happen so it's still the top four but that fifth place yep. doesn't go to fifth place it goes to the Champions League winner Yep. granted mm. it'll get all complicated and somebody will win a double and you know, <laughs> okay we'll yeah. draw straws they, yeah, yeah. they just get an extra life in the Champions League that's what that's what happens oh, okay, like, yeah. I, not, I, yeah, I was going to go out. for a, a big rock paper scissors tournament like, but, <laughs> oh, but with like f- physical rocks and like paper as well <laughs> they have to run from either side of Wembley with them out to the centre circle yeah oh, but they've got to be blindfolded because you don't want to see what they're running with because it could yeah. run back and change Obvi- it, so, obvious, yeah, yeah, obviously exactly. they're blindfolded yeah. otherwise yeah, it doesn't yeah. make any sense otherwise actually no they can't run with scissors that is a problem sorry see what I loved about that that, that that last three minutes I think we've had our first official old man shouts at cloud moment which I think was <laughs> I think we were due I think we've it's been coming for a little while so we've had that and then we just turned it into something silly right at the very end there well, when I was a boy, this was a very podcast. Hey, no, this, this is it. This is it. I, I agree. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Jeb. FA Cup should be the last game of the season. Kasabian concert be damned. That's that's <laughs> yeah. The way it should. It's the way it should be. They'll never gravitate. Play, what are you on about? Gravitas. <laughs> Gravitas. That's what we're all about here. Kasabian support slot be damned. Is that is that what you actually? <laughs> yes. Exactly. Exactly. Um, good. There you go. Look, cups, they're all right, aren't they? But, you know, I think a little bit more importance on some of the big ones, like the FA Cup. But yeah, please do, like Kev says, let us know. Let us know your opinions wherever you are listening from. Let us know because, you know, we we, we are quite clearly uh, a little bit jaded when it comes to d- domestic cup competitions in uh, in English football. So let us know where you're from and let us know the, the value, the, the importance and the value placed on 
Cup bring back the Anglo-Italian Cup. Bring back, bring back the Tournoir. Bring let, all, all the good competitions, all the good competitions. Bring them all back. Lovely. Um, right there we go. Cups, they're all right, aren't they? I suppose in a roundabout kind of way. Um, just just ask us that question five minutes ago. We'll give a different answer. Lovely. Happy days. Um, right. Moving away now, I suppose, from, from cup competitions onto other successes, including the signing of an incredibly exciting player. Jeb, how's Morecambe going? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mixed, I think, is the, the easiest way. It's very much like the form. So we left it at season one. Uh, I was just looking through the objectives list. So I, I should have really done a, a checklist at the end of each season, but I forgot to do it. But we are now 23 objectives ticked off. They include buying a player for over 250 grand and selling a player for over 250 grand. Uh, we've got manager of the month a couple of times. We've got player of the month a couple of times. Uh, young player of the month, that's all been ticked off. That's been nice. So we went in season two. Uh, we had a little bit of money. Which I, I don't know where. I think it was me basically juggling the wage budget into the transfer budget and back and forth and going that way. We went out and we signed six foot seven Marcus Dackers or former uh, charity stream Quackers. It's very simple. Six foot seven, mm -hmm. 17 jumping reach, 10 heading. Very confusing. Uh, signed him. We obviously had Jukovic already in as well. He was 34 going on 35. Signed Charlie McNeil, who was a youth prospect at Man United, and then loads of other little free signings on the side. There was a couple of fair few Arsenal players. We also signed an Ivory Coast keeper called Cacao. We used the ESC clause, which I know nothing about, but I still kind of know nothing about, but it makes sense. And we started the season okay. We uh, we pushed up towards third, and it was going all right. Dakers was getting goals left, right, and centre of it. Jukovic was joining in as well. Uh, and we kept hold of Adam Mayer, who is uh, our like our left back, who was like nineteen, who was like one point five million, who was constantly wanted by Sheffield Wednesday, but that involved money, so didn't really happen. Uh, but he was there, and he was getting annoyed. He wanted to leave, and then he asked to leave again. He kept just kept on asking to leave. And we went through August and September. It was going quite nicely. We we got to the end of October though. We we lost a game one nil. And then we, we we had another stream where we just lost all the games. Like we had ten, we had a ten game losing streak again, a ten game non winning streak, one draw in all of that. And I think that was the draw where they scored in the last minute against me again. And we, we just that form just dropped off again. We got called into the uh, boardroom again, and this was basically going. Keeper's playing really rubbish. I was like, yeah, I know he is, but all I've got left is a seventeen year old called. Fantastically named, uh, and I think Callum had him last year at Slough, Alexei Rojas Fedoroshenko. <laughs> right. Do you want to play nice. Guess Where He's From? <laughs> Ooh. Alexei, Alexei Rojas, Rojas Fedoroshenko. Yeah. Uh, Wales. No. Um, Chile. Mm, close. Dual nationality, Russian and Colombian. Oh, okay. Was, 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 Exotic. Yeah, no, exactly. There was a lovely meeting of uh, a 
man or woman, and that's what's happened. I don't know how he's ended up with Fed. <laughs> this is Fed a very of, different podcast all of a sudden. It's a very it, different podcast. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the Fedoroshenko bit, because it starts off Colombian and ends Russian, so I'm quite impressed by that. Like He's even got an adapted nice. surname. But So we, we we brought him in, we dropped the keeper, and we just sold him, because he was he got two 5.4s. Like, I think there was one game where one of my, oh, my left, I had issues with left-backs again and again. One of my left-backs got a 4.9, and I've never seen it that bad. Wow. A 4.9. I was just like, how? I didn't even know it went below 5, but there we are. <laughs> no. Yes. So Ooh. I was having issues with left-backs. I found a left-back called Steve Seddon, and we changed, basically, we, we stopped. I think what had happened, the PCs had issues with crashing. Obviously, we found out this week in network game as well. But it crashed during a, uh, the game. Actually, crashed during a game. And, uh, went went on to lose it anyway. We replayed it, and I kind of just went sat off straight and went. I need to change the system here. I need to calm down because I'm annoyed because we lost these ten games in a row. So I just had a little tweak. Went to a uh, horrible three four, uh, three five two with a defensive midfielder, the wing backs alongside, mm-hmm. and we just kind of stuck with that. So it was two up top, a target forward. I'd been Jukovic or. Dakers and then McNeil playing off that and it just seemed to work really nicely we played Adam Bay who's a left footer but we played him on the right as defensive winger we found a left back called Steve Seddon we brought him in we made him captain but he just uh, it was re- it was good but he just never trained well and it really annoys me when they don't train well and it kept on going kept on going, kept on going. And I just dropped him and I put in a left winger at left wing back and he came in kept on getting crosses over to Jukovic and Dakers the striking, like, I had three strikers and they all finished with over 20 goals in the season. It was great. Jukovic was... Wow. Jukovic was 35 by the time it ended. And he'd got 23 goals. I think he was second highest goal scorer in the league. Dakers are coming. And then we got to January transfer window. We're looking at other players we could bring in. And it's a strange one. I'm not sure. I still don't know where the connection is. So we've got this connection with Arsenal. We brought a couple of players in on loan from them. We more get players in on free transfers because they just don't want to come drop down that low. Mm. But an opportunity came around for the, a an FC Porto B striker called Kenny D. Spelt Kenny with a D on the end of it. That's, that's how it's spelled. He's an actual real player. He's a Brazilian young, so you can look him up. So we brought mm-hmm. him in. He was all right. It was good cover for, for the players where they came in. We brought in Adam Forshaw as well. All right in the midfield, he just kind of lost his strength a bit, and we just basically just went on a went on a five match winning run. And then we just were either winning two in a row, losing two in a row, drawing two in a row, and it just was that form until the end of the season. We weren't overly impressive this whole time. Adam May is in my dress in in the boardroom or in the manager's office every other week, going, "Why me sold me?" It's like because it's February, and we can't sell you. Well, I want you to sell me as soon. Okay, we'll get it sorted. It's fine. He was going to end of contract anyway. And then he was like, my asking price is too high. I was like, yeah, there isn't an asking price anymore. Somebody just needs to offer you a contract, Adam. Like, you're playing really, he's still playing really well. He got 16, 17 assists for the season. But he was still just whinging and whinging. So, got all the way through. Got to last two games of the season. We lost them both because we played Stevenage and Grimsby, who were top of the table. So, the first and second, and they were both going for the title. Was the worst two games to possibly have at the end of the season so uh we lost them both and we missed the playoffs on goal difference which was frustrating no it wasn't goal difference. i think we missed it by a point 
There was one oh. stage where we could we could have gone, but we, we didn't win the game anyway, so it didn't really matter. So we got to the end of the season. Same again. Not loads clearing out this season. I think that was the thing with the second season. I lost pretty much my entire first team squad because people left. So there's a few changes. And then uh, Steve Seddon, who I was annoyed with, and Adolfo signed a left back called Bonswell before that. Both of them, I got like 200k bids in. Cool. Let's get rid of him. I asked for a little bit more. And I got like 300k for the both, which was nice. I'd always sold, I'd already flipped an Arsenal youngster. I basically brought him in on a free, played a few games, and I sold him to Hull for 400 grand in January. So that broke the transfer record for us. So we did that, and then we we gone through the preseason. We picked up a few players here and there. Uh, nobody massively of note. A uh, couple of like loan signings. We cancelled our uh, affiliate with Arsenal because they weren't providing players. What is quite nice that a lot of the free transfers seem to pick off are all ex-Arsenal youngsters because they know who we are. And then we we did a agreement with Leeds. We picked a couple of loan players there. We picked up Ian Pervader on a free. He's always available on a free. And then I look at him and it's just like, you are so annoyingly rubbish. Like, you've got, like, really nice attributes in really nice places, but then you look at the other ones, you're, like, you're actually really rubbish. I might just try and flip you and just make a quick book on you, see where we go. And then Adam Mayer. It got to the 30th of June. And, like, he was about to leave on a free transfer. And then I just entered contract negotiations with him, and it was a two-click. No, just like what? What are you going to be? There you go. You're going to be that. Oh, that's fine. Contract. Click. Done. Signed. After all these whinging for the entire season, he just signs a new contract. Like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. I've always wanted to be here. I got rid of uh, minimum fee clauses on McNeil and Dakers as well. I was just like, let's get rid of them. Let's let's try and keep them as long as we can. And we're going to season quite nice. Left back, obviously, we got rid of a few players. And, uh, we went to the free transfer market. There's a few players out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have got a captain as well because Rawson left us uh, on a free and didn't want to sign. So that was fine. He wasn't the best of defenders. So uh, I was just having a look around. Who's around? Oh, you're all right. You haven't got much strength or pace anymore. Yeah, Marcello. Marcello is now Morecambe captain. <laughs> And starting wing back left. I've I've had to sign another left back just to cover because he he will fall over. He's stabbing. But yeah, Marcello is now a Morecambe resident. Uh, he's now in. We also picked up uh, Liam Shaw. He used to play for Sheffield Wednesday. He used to actually also play for Morecambe mm-hmm. Celtic from mm-hmm. so we picked up him. He was a nice little pickup. And then a couple of Arsenal youngsters. Rojas actually from seventeen, he was the goalkeeper. We brought him in. We, we went to bring up another goalkeeper. He's actually really good. He's uh, developing really nicely, and he's uh, like he finished the season with a six point nine average, which isn't bad for that level. Mm-hmm. And once again, we picked up another loan signing from Sporting Lisbon. I, I'm not sure. I was I was looking through why have Morecambe got this. Uh, like Portuguese affiliate. There's nobody's Portuguese in the squad. There's nobody's Portuguese in any of the, the training. There's nobody on the board. Ronald McDonald is still our chairman, by the way, just, just for <laughs> comedy purposes. And we go into season three, which we'll, I'm actually going to start after we've done the podcast today anyway. But we're going to season three. We are five to one for the for the title. We've got obviously the two strikers, 
and we've got a couple of backups. I think I'm looking at another. So, so Jukovic retired, unfortunately, so I can't convince him to stay on. So I need somebody just to replace him. A couple of players have come back in on loan. We signed some Scottish striker on loan from Leeds, but I'm reasonably excited. I think it's just my issue is consistency, and I can't. Yeah, it's difficult to get that consistency. I've got now three setups. So I've got that three five two. That can also just convert into a four four two. Also can convert into a a another formation which I can't remember. But yeah, it's three, just four, those. Might, no, no, it's not a three four three. It might be a four four two, but something different again. But yeah, it's it's just adjusting those just to make it a little bit nicer and where we can get all these different players in. I think it's more with uh, just a flat four four two. But like I said, consistency seems to be the issue. We've got a squad now. We've got a fair bit of money. Like I've sold quite a fair few players i think my net transfer spend is 825k in plus so it's quite nice to see that we've moved that on uh that we, we've got the money to to back us up but I, I don't really need to invest in anything else i'm picking up i'm playing the free transfer market quite well mm. and it's the issue is now is i've got i think i've got 300k in my transfer budget but i can't increase my wage budget it's really frustrating <laughs> and I can't adjust the budget so it's like okay there you go that's, that's the players that I've got so we'll see how season 3 goes I'm a little bit more positive about it but like like I said I've, I've had the 16 game losing streak I've had a 10 game losing streak or 10 game with no wins I need to stop being streaking just be consistent and go for draws and stuff I've, I think it's similar with Wolves as well I think I only drawn like two two games in the whole season of Wolves so Maybe sometimes play for the draw. See how we go. Have you got a predicted finish for this season coming up? Predicted finish? Yeah, I was just looking. So the the we are five to one. So a predicted six. I was trying to can never find, and somebody can maybe advise me where to find. Can never find like the squad comparisons thing on there. Can never find. It's really annoying. But yeah, a predicted mm-hmm. six. Uh, we've got two players in the dream eleven. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlie McNeil and Dakers were both in the highest goal scorer odds so so we'll mm-hmm. see excellent I was really looking forward to Marcello uh, doing bits yeah. for Morecambe I, I love an elder statesman um, I had it with Quaglarella at Kashima Antlers and you know weirdly I, the stamina didn't stamina didn't really seem to affect him as long as you're not asking him to get up and down too much or not asking him to run too much he'll he'll, he'll happily dribble past players He'll just do it very slowly. Um, yep, he's got acceleration of six, stamina of five, and pace of seven. Uh, he's still he's got balance still, so that's good. Uh, he'll be fine. And then he's in the greens on his mental and physical. So it's, even if it's just an influence on like the young, because I've got so many young players as well. Marcello's mm-hmm. nine years older than the next youngest player, and then I have four players over twenty-five in the squad. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a very young, eager squad. Oh, see, this is he's going to be such a great influence because they'll be in the dressing room and then all the players will be gathering around him. It's like, oh, Marcello, tell us about the time you used to play with Ruben Della Red again. It's like, oh, sit down, lad, I'll tell you a story. What about Fernando Gago? Oh, he was great as well, wasn't he? That's his job now. That's his job. Basically, Marcello is Grandpa Simpson, and I rate that very highly. That's very highly indeed. My favourite part about Marcello was uh, when I signed him. I think the media like report was Marcello, who failed to realise his potential. 
what? Yeah, just one everything yeah, repeatedly. Yeah, exactly. That's just bit. That's just harsh. Is what that is. That's just mean, mean old media. Look, I'm excited about the next season at Morecambe, and I'm very excited uh, to for your next update when you've just smashed the league and Marcello has uh, set a record with assists because he'll be on all the set shots. He's got to be on all the set pieces, and he'll be just doing everything, just tap dancing up and down the left flank um, for falling over because he's of an age. It's brilliant. It's going to be great. Um, look, Morecambe, Morecambe, Morecambe. It's going to go really, really well. Uh, and watch Jeb stream it. Watch him. Watch. We can't, obviously, you can't do it this afternoon because well, this podcast isn't going to influence you doing it this afternoon because you're going to be listening to it after it's happened. But next time he does, please do. But you can um, re- you can regret it and change. You it can absolutely. Oh my oh, yeah. goodness, you can regret it. There's there's so much potential for regret. So much potential. So much. Um, lovely, 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 lovely. Happy days. Morecambe is good. It's time to start wrapping bits and pieces up now, lads. Mm-hmm. We're getting towards that time. I'm not going to say it just yet because there are a couple, couple of more uh, things that we'd like to chat about very quickly mm-hmm. before we start to say our goodbyes. First and foremost, see Jeb's going to be streaming Morecambe this afternoon, but tomorrow night, which is Monday night, so if you're listening to this via Patreon, tonight. Mm-hmm. Kev, you've got a little something in your diary, haven't you, mate? I have indeed, yes. Mm-hmm. I am going to be participating in Group A, of a couple of groups to then potentially qualify to the finals of Road to Legends draft competition. Uh, so we are drafting on Monday evening, I think at about 7.30, somewhere around there. Uh, and then we will be playing the matches on Thursday evening this coming week. For anybody listening, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday this week, it'll be Thursday evening for the matches. So, yes, it's going to be a fun one. There's a, a really interesting group of people that I'm in with. I will just go and um, get the list up in front of me just so I don't forget anybody because that would be really terrible because they're all fantastic. So if I go and tell you that we've got Mitchie, Potsy, Kearney, lots of <laughs> Roy Keenisms coming out there in there from the <laughs> Network save. Uh, JM Thoughts, Limo's in, Kemza is in, Amazing Chi is in. It's going to be a fun group to be part of. Um, I don't know the stipulation at this point. That gets released at 5 p.m. on Monday afternoon. Uh, so we will find out uh, what we're drafting to at that point. Here's the rub for you. And I said this to you guys before we got going in the podcast um, record. Not quite sure as we sit here at sort of lunchtime on Sunday. I'm not quite sure what I'm drafting for yet in terms of what my formation tactical setup is because the one that I've been using has been all right and then really terrible. So I'm not quite sure what that means uh, as to what's going to work on drafting in 24 and and how are we going to get the best out of it. So I'm a little unclear on that, but we're going to have some fun and see what we can do. So yeah, Monday evening for the draft, Thursday evening for the actual games themselves. Uh, come and join me and let's see if um, the reigning, defending, undisputed football manager, world heavyweight champion can get another title. We shall see. The return of Kev Lesnar. He's back. <laughs> he's back. And he's going to be spending the evening around Potsy, JM Thoughtsy, Lee Mosey. <laughs> all, all, all of them. Great, but great bunch of lads. Great bunch of lads. Great bunch of lads. So there you go. If you're listening to this on Patreon on Monday, go hang out with Kev. This evening. Tomorrow, yeah. This evening. And this afternoon as well. Yeah. And, and, and this yeah. afternoon as well. Yeah. Just and come and hang out with just, me. Just constantly. You know, just, just spend the day with Kev. 
get some <laughs> kev in your life it's good it's a good thing to do um shouting out other things from the community mm. um i know he got a little he got a mention the other week as well but double mentions for him um friend of the podcast friend of the people um the the musically incredible d-boy plays mm. got a lot of time for d yep. d has had the best idea in the world D has dramatically changed the way that I play football manager uh, in the last 24 hours. D has basically made press conferences fun uh, because thanks to D, there is now a D-Boy Plays uh, press conferencing speed run challenge. We'll drop a link to the video where he explains the rules in full uh, in the description for this. Um, if you're on Spotify, YouTube, wherever, there'll be a link to the video on there. Basically, it's just about how fast you can blitz through a pre-match press conference. Um, you have to press the second option from the left. Uh, there has to be a minimum number of questions asked, which I think is six. I'm going to say five. Six. I thought it was five, five or six. It's five or six. Yeah. You have to blitz through it as quickly as physically possible. Honestly, change the way I play the game. I streamed last night at the time of recording, and that was I was more excited about the pre-match press conferences than I was the actual games. <laughs> so much fun. So he explains, he's, do a pre-match press conference, record it, send him the clip. He will time it, and he's going to, oh, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. I would encourage everyone to do it because it's, first of all, it means I'm doing pre-match press conferences. And if I look at my managerial profile, the only... Uh, attribute that my manager stinks at is relationship with press so it's 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 improving that already because uh, it was in the absolute toilet at the start of last night's stream and already just after doing about four or five it's starting to creep up a little bit and if there's one thing i've noticed in my save when it comes to the job interviews i was like oh you have a bit of a stinky relationship with the press and i just go yeah and what of it whereas now they won't, they won't necessarily say that to me anymore. So that will help when I have to find new jobs after I've bankrupted my current club. So these are things to look forward to. So please feel free uh, to get involved in the D-Boy Plays uh, press conference challenge. Jeb, I expect to see you doing it this afternoon. Get those fingers <laughs> Maybe. clicking. Maybe. Maybe he will. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. Uh, I hope he does. And finally. 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 finally I know, so look at it. We were ticking off all of the things on the docket this afternoon. Mm -hmm. Jeb and Kev have had a lovely idea. They've had a cracking idea. Um, we would like to host in the not too distant future via podcast. We would like to do a, a kind of 2023 end of year football manager awards. We would like to start shouting out the community for good things that people have done. So what we would like as a podcast is we would like suggestions from you, the audience. Hello, you. Yeah, yeah, you. You listening to this right now or watching this, however you're consuming it, uh, listening outside my door. Um, give us your suggestions, categories, nominees, people that you just think deserve our time and attention and deserve shouting out to the world. So if you've got ideas, let us know them. I mean, Jeb, this, this was this was your baby. Is there anything you would like to uh, to let the people know about our, our provisional award ceremony? No. <laughs> cool. Thank you very much. Cheers, everybody. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> no, he really doesn't. He, no, he, no, he, no, he, no, he really I'm, I'm not elaborating on it He's got nothing okay. to say. No, that's it. It's, it's so a mystery. I, I will. I will add one thing. Mm -hmm. uh, we we need these for let's say two weeks time. So you've got mm -hmm. two weeks.
to figure out categories. It could be anything. It could be, you know, the funniest moment on a stream to, you know, your best series that you watch on YouTube, whatever it is, and who it is that's responsible for it. Uh, we need them in a couple of weeks. Give us your nominees and just get involved. Just get involved. Mm -hmm. Come and tell us what you think about the FM community and how, it, you know, uh, what your favorite parts of it are. And we'll make a category out of it, I'm sure. But yeah, a couple of weeks. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, this is your chance. Like if, if there's a streamer that you watch that you think, you know what, they deserve more, you know, just, just shout them out. Shout them out. Let us know. Come up with a category. Nominate them for something. Just let us know and we will put our heads together and we will make it work. So, yeah, a couple of weeks. I think that's a fair amount of time. Um, tweet us uh, at FMT pod. Um, leave it in a comment underneath this video. Get on our Discord. However you want to let us know, drop us a whisper onto it. However you want to communicate with us. Don't write us letters. We're not going to tell you where we live. That's a terrible idea. Absolutely terrible idea. But yeah, please let us know. Then in a couple of weeks' time, we'll start putting together our end of 2023 award ceremony. It's going to be great. Callum might wear a tie. Oof, you never know. Wow. You never know. It could <laughs> Dude, happen. He's started. To, he's going to wear one. He's started tying it now. Uh, <laughs> and he's going to keep on trying. And hopefully by then he'll have sorted it. Um, there we go. Happy days. Let us know your thoughts. Beautiful. Wonderful. Good. Isn't it? I think so. Uh, lads. Yes, Rich. I don't know about the two of you, but that very much feels like a podcast to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, if Jeb says so, then that's it. I, I, yeah. I tend to agree. Um, mm -hmm. So we'll, we'll call it one and move on. This is the thing. I mean, people might think that I just say that for the sake of saying it. Oh, it's how we wrap up the show. I'm genuinely asking their opinions. If they ever turn around with goes, no, it doesn't more. Like we're gonna have to go, we're gonna have to keep going. We'll have to keep going. It's, it's, it's the moment where there's an opportunity for us to say, Rich, there are three other things. Why are we not talking about them? But we today there are so much. <laughs> today we've done it. We've, we've, we've the, the docket is empty. Happy days. Lovely. Well, um, lads. Thank you very, very much. It's been Thank great you. to be back. Uh, I've had a back. wonderful time, as always. And it's been a pleasure to spend the morning with you both. Um, just before we go, uh, Jebaru, if you're going to be doing some streaming or the content in any way, shape or form, uh, how can the people watch you do so? Twitch.tv forward slash Jebaru. I've got it finally. <laughs> uh, I'm away this week again, though, so I don't think I'll be streaming, though. So, go watch why Callum do his tie-up and fail miserably with Slough. Right, okay. <laughs> That's the spirit. Yeah. yeah, go watch him do all of those things. Uh, Kevzy, what about you? Uh, you can find me at the United City FM on Twitter and Twitch. Come and give us your opinions on everything that we talked about uh, all the way across our social medias and our Discord and all that kind of stuff. Uh, come and join me every weekday afternoon, 3 till 5 p.m. UK time over on Twitch. And I will, of course, be in the Road to Legends Monday and Thursday as well. So come and support us on that one. You never know. I might actually win a couple of games. We shall see. What about you, Rich? Uh, you can find me uh, twitch.tv forward slash Rich Owens FM. Um, I nearly forgot what I was doing and nearly went half my actual uh, Twitch page and half Carlton Palmer's recommendation. <laughs> so uh, yeah, nearly got a bit, nearly got a bit weird. Cheers, Carlton. Uh, yeah, come and hang out. I'll be doing some more. What's the story? Former glory. 
uh, over the course of this week, we're finishing up our third season uh, and then potentially looking for a new job. How very, very exciting. Um, just a quick one, actually, the uh, the Football Manager Therapy Network game. We're not streaming the network game this week on account of Jeb being away. So we will be finishing the fourth season of the FMT Network game uh, in a week's time. So please make sure you come and hang out with us for that one. It's not just my fault. Somebody's in a draft competition. Yeah. I, just, I, yeah, I, can't, yeah, I can't do yeah, a network yeah. save and a draft at the same time, oh, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. why not? Yeah. Why not? Yeah, exactly. That's my, yeah, that's don't, my don't, question. Don't be placing blame on my, <laughs> my doorstep. I'll take it. It's fine. Somehow, it. this is all unbelievable. There you go. <laughs> Unbe- unbelievable, Jeb. There we go. What a, what, a, what a terrible catchphrase. Who came up with that? Uh, right then. From, from all of us, from me, from Jebsy, from Kevsy and from me, Rich Owensy. Uh, thank no, you very much. No, you haven't heard that nickname. Roy was very think, clear on that. Yeah, <laughs> Roy was very. For me, uh, uh, Harry Fraudsy. Um, <laughs> thank you very much for hanging out with us uh, on another episode of Football Manager Therapy. We will see you on the next onesie. <laughs> Take care, Z. Loves you lotsy. Bye bye, Z. Bye, Z. Thank <music> you.